Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom Podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to another of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. Now, we've had a bit of a gap. Things have been quite busy and hectic, but now we're back interviewing some really, really special people. Now, today I've got one of my VIP, some very special guests, and I'm speaking to Jason Tracy today. Now, we will, you will get to know how we know each other and what we're working with through this interview. But Jason Tracy, who is the founder of Raw Consulting. So, Jason, welcome to the podcast. Pearl, thank you so much for having me on. I can't help but smile when I hear when I hear somebody say VIP. Like, you know, you feel all special inside, like very important person. Thank you so much. That, that's such an honor. But it is, I've I've got a few special people that are in my network that I know you have so much wonderful knowledge to share. Is you're gonna be one of these guests that we have back time and time again because one podcast, one interview just doesn't do doesn't it, do it. at all. <laughs> That's so awesome. I, I'm excited. Brilliant. So without further ado, because I've got a raft of questions, I'm going to start with the first question, Jason. Can you describe your career path to date so the listeners can really get to know you? Yeah. So my career path, my career path went down a, a path of being in sales. And uh, and I got into sales because I needed to make more money. <clears throat> I was I grew up poor and I was working at a nursing home at the time and I was paying my way through college and I'm like there's only so many hours in the day there's only so much overtime I can work and I need to make more money and I felt like I had persuasion or influence within my circle and people just responded to me a certain way and I'm like I think I could be really good at sales and so I took that leap and uh and then I realized uh as that what people think are sales. And, uh, and so I had this thing, thing, you know, I'm having the success with people because I'm a certain way. And then I got into sales and all those stigmas and all the fears that people have about sales was, was coming to real life fruition for me as my sales managers were telling me to lie as sales managers were telling me to use like sales tactics and being like slimy. And it was just so against my personality. So since that time, I've been on a mission because I found the secrets to be the difference in the world of sales to serve at the highest level. And so since that time, I've been on a mission to show people that sales is actually so easy. We just make it so hard. Oh, See, already the listeners will say, this is why you are a VIP <laughs> guest, because that already, that's a pearls of wisdom. That's a nugget of information that we are going to want to revisit again and again, because most of us, I run a mile when it comes to sales. Yes, I can do marketing, but when it comes to sales, I hate it because I think we've all been the other side of the pushy salesperson and I don't want to be that person. So yeah. I'm so excited to hear all, all the knowledge you have to share with this. So thank well, you. And, I, and I came from that place. And that's why I think I'm so impactful when I work with people that are in the same exact shoes, because I... 
I, I, I felt like I was good with people and it wasn't from a way of like ripping people off. I, I was adding value to people's lives. I found out later on as I did a lot of reflection and learning about myself. But so I really struggled in making sales calls and all that stuff. I felt salesy. And I always thought about my grandma who I remember every time she got a telemarketer call or somebody salesperson would call or stop by the house, how she would just totally abuse them and talk about how such a burden they were. And so I felt like that every single time I made a sales call, every single time I Every single time I felt that I was in a sales situation, I felt like I was that person that was pestering my grandma. In how can you how can you be impactful and, and do a good job in your job when when you feel that way? And so I, I realized though that sales does not have to be that way. In fact, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and this see this is this is brilliant because it does. It's going to give anyone listening, and to to the listeners, I say this with most of the podcasts. This isn't going to be a one listen. Make sure that you come back and listen to this episode again and again because you are sure to find more information every time you listen because you might have missed something and it will send you off on ideas on tangents to move forward. So I will jump in and let's let's stretch this a bit more when it comes to your career. Can you name three things that made you choose your current career and why? I know you've probably touched on bits of it from that first question, but are there three things that really stand out? Well, and so you learned why I got into sales in the in the beginning. Um, and I, uh, I I then moved into my space where I'm really at now, which is is leadership and impacting and coaching and developing people. And in I can think of just three specific people that I am that that just showing showing them how sales can be done, showing them how to actually overcome adversity. Um, I took a lot of my negative experiences I had in life, and I figured it out, and I found a way to to overcome it. And then as I was seeing other people through those challenges, because I'm working with all young salespeople, or I'm developing people that um, that are in that sales piece. I don't know if you know this, but salespeople are pretty messed up individuals, Pearl. Uh, <laughs> we we have a lot of we have a lot of uh, a lot of trash in our backyard, you know, and in our heads, and you know, and a lot of us have had rough childhoods, or we've had, you know. So as I'm relating to these people, I'm finding out, oh my god, these people have the same exact thing. So I, um, I had this gentleman Josh that I worked with, and uh, and he. Uh, he, he was 20 years old when I hired him and he was just found out he was having a baby with his on again, off again, girlfriend. And so he was, he was like, I'm, I have no money. I don't know what's going to happen here in this relationship. So he was nervous and he was fearful, but it didn't make his 20 year old mind become so automatically mature to where he knew what to do, or he automatically had a work ethic. And so we had a lot of conversations. I stayed with this gentleman quite a bit. And then one day after a meeting, I stood up and I, I would always give these motivational speeches at our company meeting every month. And, and this guy came up to me and he, and he showed me this new tattoo he had. And it was so inspirational because he just had his son. And the tattoo said, don't show your kids, don't tell your kids how to live a life of greatness, but instead show them the way. And I'm like, Josh, that's so amazing. And I could tell how much it meant to him to live those words, right? However, I watched him throughout the day that day and he made no sales calls. He was goofing around. He was talking about fantasy football. He was talking, he was calling up people at other locations, asking if they wanted to trade for players. He was doing nothing to do that, to be that life of greatness. And so I asked him, <clears throat> great, that's awesome. What did you do today? And he looked at me and he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, what'd you do? So you can go home tonight and tell Grayson, you know, this is what I did. This is what, what I'm living. This is how I'm, how I'm creating a life that's going to be better for you. That's better than what my childhood was. What did you do? 
And this big burly guy with tattoos all over him and a big beard started crying. Because he realized that he wasn't doing what he needed to do. So fast forward three years later, he committed to the process. He became my number one salesperson. He became a phenomenal leader in his own right. And when I left the company to start my own business, he took over my position, which is a really awesome story. But three years later, he gives me a call on a Saturday morning. And I was expecting him to tell me about all the great deals that he had for the day and how you know he was going to slay it and have a great sales day today. And instead, he was really emotional. And, um, and he said, Jay, he was like, you know, I, I bought my first house yesterday. He's like, I'm 23 years old. And this gets me every single time. So this is my, this is, I, there's multiple reasons, but when you, uh, this is like a huge one of when you realize what I, what I, what my purpose was and why I needed to, what I needed to do for my, for my future and beyond. He was like, I was sitting here wondering, how did I get here? He was like, I was 20 years old. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was scared shitless. I didn't know how I was going to support my family. And I'm now here and I'm 23 years old. I'm making more money than any of my family, any of my parents. I'm, I had bought, I bought my first house. My life is completely turned around. And I, I know if you didn't come into my life and push me and stay on me and show me this path and keep me committed that I wouldn't be here. And I'm so grateful. And I'm just like, I'm just like this. I'm, you don't, you don't find me speechless very often, but I, I was very speechless and I thanked him and I got off the phone and I cried for at least 30 minutes on my couch because I knew like, his story and Matt's story and Hannah's story and these people's lives that I was changing. I, I was put on this earth to do that. Yeah. And, and I need to get my message out further. And that was what got me on my career path and what, what made me start Rural Consulting. Yeah. Oh, this is wonderful. Wonderful. And it's, you see, as you're sharing your story, we can hear your passion and that makes such a difference. So many people have this practiced elevator pitch that they just elongate for an interview and you don't get their essence you don't get the re- the why you don't get you just you all you hear is what they've practiced to say and it does make such a difference because like through the coaching you truly truly believe in everyone you're working with. And yet so many people, I mean, I've had this conversation with quite a few of my guests, especially with lockdown. So many people have turned themselves into a coach, but they've got so many problems themselves. They're they're not in a fit place to actually coach someone else. They still need to work through their problems. And you don't hear the passion from them. From When people have done that, all you're hearing is the need, the greed almost to let's jump on this bandwagon and they're not yeah. really caring about the people that they want to work with. That That is the number one. And we talked about be the difference. And, and that's that's my sales, my system of how I teach people how to be. And I'm glad that it, it just rings out. I don't think you meant to even say that, but you're like, what, what the difference is. Um, that is the difference, you know, being, being real and authentic, uh, you know, like I, I didn't get the question. I didn't see the questions you're asking me beforehand, but these are my stories. And every single time I tell that story about Josh, I get emotional, you know, because it happened and it's so real. And so it's not a script. It's not something I rehearsed, you know? And, and so I think it's so important to show people that, that it is just about, it is just about being and being real, not about the rehearsal, not about the script, not about sounding bigger and more important than than you really are uh and then two so important when you're going to the coaching role you have to care about other people 
Yeah. And you have to realize that you have to put your ego down because, yeah, I've had a lot of really cool experiences that I've, I've put together. I can get really egotistical. I think we all can. But as you're working with somebody, it's not about me. It's about this other person. And you have to genuinely see that magic that they have. I call it seeing the beast. Everybody has a lion inside of them. And I, I fully believe that. And I I think what what makes me so impactful at what I do is I can see it. And when I'm talking to somebody, I can see their their beast in there. And I can see that, you know, how to get them uncaged and help them walk through it. But it's them doing it. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Well, I'm there. <laughs> go through the experience. And I think... I think if we've if we've named out, there's other coaches out there that are just getting into it, and they may not have that. Yeah, and, and it's also the why as to your what your raison d'etre is to actually do the work. So many people are doing it just as a money making scheme. They're not doing it from the passion, and I think if the passion isn't there, you can't truly deliver on yeah. what it is you aim to do or you won't get the right clients the, the truly motivated people that want to move on they will gyrate to you because of the vibration that you're putting out there and they want to learn from you they want to grow through what you can teach them whereas so many other people just think oh yes I've sat at home for a while I'm going to try something new I mean I get it for social media yes there's so many tears in social media and yes because everyone's done it on a personal level doesn't mean that yeah. they're qualified to be a professional when it comes and understand how to use things and sometimes sometimes pricing brackets reflect that but don't always go for the person that is charging the least because if if you pay peanuts you get monkeys that's the same so <laughs> it's so true yeah and how can you pay for somebody that is that's that's buying that's that's charging so less how do they going to really transfer you they're limited they're very limited in their mindset yeah it is and it's seen and again so many coaches see i'm going to get on my high horse now there's so many coaches that have the problems that haven't worked through it but then they they help try to help others and that's just a disaster waiting to happen you can't have someone with problems that is then trying to help someone else because they're not qualified they don't have the experience and they're likely to lead you down the wrong path by doing that so it's it's a case say to the listeners again you can hear just the passion and the authenticity through jason's answers and this is when i say the creme de la creme this is why he's a vip guest <laughs> thank you i'm now this is where we're going to get into your business more mm -hmm. and ca can you tell us what key values does your business offer you what key so what key values my business offers me yeah um so i i first and foremost i get the flexibility and i think a lot of entrepreneurs start that off start their business off because they want a life balance and a flexibility and it's so easy to then go into work uh 24 hours a day and you're actually working more than what <laughs> than what you if you had a job um I've been very intentionally set up my schedule and set up my business to give myself that balance and flexibility to be able to be to have time to coach my son's sports teams, yeah. uh, you know, to um, to be able to be off and do any kind of event he's doing or to be able to take my wife to lunch, you know, in the middle of the afternoon or, you know, to do the things that keep me keep me going, you know, especially as a coach, you give a lot of your energy to other people and you're listening to other people. And so to, how, how do you fill your cup? 
And something that always rings out to me is, uh, is in order to take care of other people, you take care of yourself first. And so a lot of what my business value, what that value gives to me is having that, having that balance. And so that's really important. I always say like, I'm not going to go out and uh, go out of my house after 6 p.m. unless I'm making a ton of money. <laughs> it's really, really worth it. And, it. and if it's going on at a you know an event like it's my son's event or I'm coaching his basketball team, and that's just not a negotiable, I can't miss that. Yeah. Oh, um, well, wonderful. And this is why I've put this question in because when someone can articulate exactly what their values are, the listeners can actually hear that and resonate with it. And you see all the large corporates that we work through, they will always have a vision and value. And sometimes I will say to the employees, do you know what your visions and values are? Because if your employees don't, it means the company doesn't. Yet when I've asked you, you can answer that directly. And as we said, you haven't looked at these questions. I haven't looked at the questions. This is coming from the heart. And this is where you get the true passion and the authenticity from. Yeah, that's what I, you know, and again, I said at the when we first started talking, I used to get really nervous about if, if, if I didn't know the questions beforehand, or even when I got the questions, like, oh my God, what am I going to say? And it's just being intentional with understanding who I am. I think a lot of people don't know their core values. And so that's what it's so easy to say yes to everything. Yeah. You and, know, and yes. And also, yes, I've got used to sharing these questions beforehand, but if you know your staff, and this is when you get to hear the true expertise, you don't need to prep because no matter what question's thrown at you, when it's your passion and you know your work inside and out, yep. you can always answer. It doesn't matter how the questions are phrased. And I think that's that's what comes through so well. And like I said, if people really have to plan and have written answers to things, I think yep. I then maybe question it again the listeners will hear it's a prepared speech as opposed to the passion and the core values really coming through. Yeah. And that's what, that's mainly how I work with my clients is showing them how to be them, their real authentic selves yeah. in a, a persuasive way, you know, where sales and attracting people to your life is, is just a state of being. Yeah. You know, like you said it earlier, as you go out there and you're being you and you're being authentic, you're going to attract the people that want to be part of your life. And so often we're trying to put on that mirage or we're trying to be like somebody else or, you know, especially in sales, especially in sales. Somebody always wanted to be like Josh. Somebody always wanted to be like Matt. And those are the names of my top salespeople. Yeah. You're not or somebody wanted to be like me. You know, we all have different personalities. And, and so don't try to be like me if you're a, a really introverted C-type personality that is more analytical because you're going to sound really fake, you know? And so it's a matter of being able to embrace and be who, who you are. Yeah. And something I see now over here in the UK, when we've got the adverts between programs and when they've got breaks, I've got to a stage now, maybe because of what I do, <laughs> But I can almost see which agency has produced which advert because they've got like a certain message and a certain way they approach things. And suddenly you realize, I know when we first went into lockdown, every insurance advert had a doorbell because they were ringing. There was a doorbell involved with the thing. 
and the amount of times we heard it and we thought it was someone at our front door and then you'd hear it and it would be a different thing. And I suddenly thought, yes, you can see it's the same agency because they've got one idea and they've now rolled it out and rejigged it for a different company. And again, that's showing they have a strategy and it's almost like yeah. they're ticking the box and saying, right, I've done this, tick, done this. And, and then you become a sheep. You don't become a leader, you become a follower. And I can't be doing with that. Break the mould, stand for out for who you are. And again, we've seen this current climate. Yes, some people will do well, others won't. But there is space and um, connections and possible customers, clients for everyone because people generate to your personality. We could all be selling the same thing but they will resonate with different people. Your potential customers and clients will resonate with you and who you are. They don't buy the product, they buy you, don't they? And it is, and that's, and it's, once you understand that, there's room for everyone to do really well, but it's whether you're prepared to put the work in and actually care. And it's like we said, those that have just jumped on the bandwagon and don't put the effort in. And then there's those that have the real passion and they're the ones that are going to fly. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's literally just being the difference. It's literally being the difference. And I, I have a really cool case study that I just got from Jason Epstein and Adam Casola, who were in our Entrepreneurs Justice League group in talking about how they had another sales training or sales coach program that they had been in for two years before before we met in, and they hired me in how it actually made sales more confusing for them because there were so many steps to the and it was like it wasn't formulated for their business it was a one size fits all for every you know every company and they just confused them more and it made the sales process more unnatural to them and it made it more unsuccessful with that with me it was like it was it was figuring out who they are what's their magic what is you know what do they do that's the difference in their industry like let's focus on you and how you process and how you work and build your structure out for you so you're comfortable doing this and you're not trying to you don't feel like you're out of you're trying to fit into the wrong pair of shoes yeah definitely definitely i'm going to throw another question in now and this one you might recognize because this comes from my corporate work because it's something i always ask my ceos <laughs> jason what keeps you awake at night Ooh, what keeps me awake at night? That's a very good question. Um, I sleep pretty soundly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those things. There are worries, um, but I, I literally, I go through this process. Like, for example, a few weeks ago, I was literally on a Zoom call in a, a tree branch fell on my house. So I'm in the middle of this call, a tree branch falls on my house. I have a podcast I'm supposed to be on with Barbara Ellison at four o'clock. And so I have 30 minutes and this tree branch just fell on my house and it's storming out. And I told Barbara what was going on. I might be a couple minutes late on the podcast. And she was like, just, she's like, don't worry about showing up. I have a tree in my house. It's storming. Everybody's safe. What can I do right now? Can I fix it? Can I get the tree off my house? I look at it, it's resting on a power wire. I'm not touching it. Most likely I'm not pulling that tree off my house right now in the middle of this rainstorm. You know what? I'm going to go have a phenomenal conversation with Barbara in because there's nothing I can do about it now. When I get back home, it's 
okay, now what can I do? I called my resources because I've never had a tree fall on my house as a homeowner ever. I've never had a tree fall on my house ever, but I've never had a tree, you know, as a homeowner, I don't just call the landlord. Now I've got to take care of it. What do I do? I'm calling people that I know, you know, my brother is my insurance agent, for example. So I call him up because I know he's experienced with his clients. What happens? He was able to give me some great resources. I was able to call somebody, get it taken care of. Actually, he referred me off. The power company had to come and remove the tree because it was sitting on the power wire. So I got my tree removed for free. It's, so it's going through those processes. I don't. I, I. I really don't stay awake at night because I. I, I try to figure out what can I control, and yeah. what what can I do around it. COVID. Wow, that sucked. I'm a small business owner, and that did keep me up at night for a few days, figuring out like. I'm a small business and I'm serving small businesses that are getting sucked in the, you know, kicked in the gut right now. I had, I had clients that were closed down. They were, they could not, you know, they were shut down for at least 60 days. Yeah. So I'm losing clients and I'm losing money and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to keep paying bills and feeding the family and, and all these kind of things. And then I reframed it and realized, oh my God, if I'm not, you know, I'm a small business coach serving small businesses. And well, all I can do right now is be there for my clients that I have and help them get through this. And as a result, every single one of my clients had a better year in 2020 than they did in 2019. Yeah, I, you know, so they had better years. And so that gave me a huge amount of confidence. I also went out and I served as many small business organizations as possible for free because I just wanted to help. And that gave me so much goodwill and got my name out there that all of a sudden now, I've, I, as I put out events locally in the community, people are coming without me putting very much effort in because I've been out there and I've been working and I've been helping people. And I committed so much time to LinkedIn and being on LinkedIn. And I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking to you if I didn't do that. I didn't know, literally before the pandemic happened, I didn't know a single person that lived out of the United States. Yeah. Now I talk on almost, you know, at least a few times a week to somebody internationally. Yeah. That's incredible. I sit and think about how freaking lucky am I? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And this is what's so wonderful. Um, this is why I put that question in. And I go back to if if listeners listen to some of the previous episodes, you will see the difference to the answers. Those people that have the passion and have truly found their destiny and what it is their what their true purpose is, they sleep well. Those that aren't still haven't found their value, haven't found exactly where they're going, nine times out of ten, they would say, do a list of things that keep them awake at night. And this is, although I, I, I started by saying it's from corporate days, I like this question because, again, it shows people just those that are really doing their passion and doing what they should be doing because it reflects in the answer. That's awesome. So I never thought about that way. I always get nervous when somebody asks me that question. Like I got to make up a reason. So I'm glad I went the route that I went. <laughs> but, but that's just it. I mean, when you talk to a CEO, they will say all about the top line and they have to look at their keeping the shareholders happy, but they don't truly say the passion. You can't hear what the what the employee value is, what the company values are, if they're talking about that, because they're so hit up with the top bit, they don't actually know what's happening. So this is why it's not, that's why I asked the CEOs that as well. And also that's a nice way if you're actually looking for work, if you ask them what keeps them awake at night, if you can find that as a pinch point and you can, you can then remedy it, 
you've already practically got your foot through the door and you can say, right, that's one of the programmes I can offer. And it's a nice way to actually see what you can, how you can move forward and build that relationship. So yeah. it's all worth knowing. It's worth that's knowing. incredible. It's incredible. It's an incredible insight. And I really appreciate that question when, as you explain it like that. And actually, as you were talking about that, I had a client that, that I was working with through the pandemic and he had hired me right before the pandemic happened. Uh, and he, that was his number one goal when we were setting the goals of what he wanted to get out of it is he wanted to be able to sleep at night because he wasn't sleeping at night. Uh, he was staying up all night, worrying about finances, worrying about everything. And then COVID hit. And that was like, like I said, I got a chance to be able to pour back into people and and he was one of them. Like, I got to keep this guy going and, and positive because he had a national nat, a natural way of being negative uh, already and staying up at night and worrying. We were in May, you know, May 2020, and he was like, I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm having my best year of my of my business. And he'd been in business for 20 years. And so just to do that is just uh. It, that's that's what keeps me up at night is the freaking excitement that I have that's yeah. rolling through my body. <laughs> Well, yeah, I must. I must. Admit, I'm. I'm the same. If I've got an idea, whether I'm tired or not, that's it. I'm awake and I'm up there and I'm working. But my my corporate days, I was lucky if I got three or four hours sleep a night. I'd be up at three thirty in the morning. I'd leave the house at half five, and I wouldn't get back until ten, eleven o'clock at night. Because in my stupid mind, I thought they're paying me high wage, I'm good at what I'm doing, therefore I have to give them more hours. So really, I was diluting what I was earning because I was giving them sort of twice the the amount of work for what I was being paid for. But at the time, I thought, no, this is it. I've got to show, I've got to show. I'd always be the first in the office, even though I had the furthest to travel, be the last to leave. But then I had no life. All I did was work. And it's, yes, I do the contract bit and I say, I'm working for myself. But was I? Because all I was doing was working through the contract. I wasn't working on my business or in my business because I was giving so much away to my clients. Yeah. I'm so glad you shared that because I think that's so powerful for so many. I think so many people go through that. So many people feel like, oh, I'm salaried. I got to give more hours. And then maybe their employer implies that too. Um, so many people don't understand their worth and and it's well, it's hard to make that adjustment. Yeah. I have a client that was that literally when she started working with me, she was being being paid fifteen dollars an hour to do something similar to what she's doing now. And now she has her own company do do it as a as a sobriety and a recovery coach and to charge a high value at fifteen dollars an hour, it, it was been a very hard process for her. And then she has a very high ticket item that is, makes her her the most money that is kind of blowing up right now. And she just had this phenomenal event on Saturday. And we we're talking on the phone this morning and she was telling me about how she's struggling sending this email out to somebody else that wants her services to do exactly what she did on Saturday. And she's like talking about how she's going through this imposter syndrome because how could I possibly charge a price this high? And I'm like, tell me about that event that you had on Saturday. And so she starts telling me and she starts telling me about how magical it was and how people were crying. And there's like, you know, the impact she was seeing that she was having on people and the testimonial videos that she got. And, you know, and she, and she told me, I'm like, well, what was the difference? Like, what is different from doing what you're doing to like somebody just taking it online? She's like, it's all about who teaches it. It's all about who, who is coaching and all about who is there. Like we talked about, you have to have a powerful coach that is there to listen and be there and take you through an experience. And I'm like, so tell me again, are you worth the price that you're charging? Yeah. Is that cool? Yes, absolutely. But we get so stuck up on those numbers. We got to remember that story. We got to remember the impact that we're creating and go back to that experience and live that when we're making our pricing. Yeah. 
Yes. And it's where you were saying through COVID, where you were doing some things for free. That's what I started doing because I was trying to do my corporate thing and move it for one to one. And people said to me, what do you charge? So I said my corporate prices and their chin, their mouth just who opened. And I suddenly realised, but I'm good. I'm at the top of my tree. But they didn't know that because they weren't in the corporate game. Yeah. It was just one-to-one. And I stupidly, because it took my confidence away and everything for a while, mm. I started doing everything for free because I thought I need to get, I need to show people the quality of what. But because I was doing it for free, they didn't see the quality. They just took it. Yes, they were just, they were like sponges soaking everything up. But then I got that I resented it because I was just giving and giving and giving and I wasn't being reciprocated for the intellectual property I was sharing. So that was a learning curve. That was a really big learning curve. But that sometimes I think that that sometimes impacts the sales thing. It's like you so want to close the deal people will drop the price instead of saying, no, this is what I offer. This is the value. I'm worth this. And it's what I'm going to do to help you. And that's why it's worth paying the price. And those that can't pay it, they're not your clients. They're not your tribe anyway. Absolutely. So much valuable, valuable message, such a valuable message in what you just said. I, I tell... I tell everybody, I tell people that I'm working with, I tell people that, uh, that, that as far as for me, and also as I'm working with my clients, two reasons why I, in my mind, I know I have to charge and why I don't feel bad about saying my price. One is exactly what you just hit on is that people don't see the value in it. So you're not going to get impactful results. Yeah. People don't find value in free. And so they might collect it. They might collect all the free manuals and workbooks and they might go to a free training or seminar, but they won't. And they won't most likely put it into play because they don't have any kind of investment into it. It was just a free workshop. Yeah. It was just this free thing. So there's no value in it. There's no skin in the game. When they make that investment, it holds much a lot more people more accountable because they know that they put they have something on the line now. Yes. The second thing is 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 more selfish, and it's on me. Is I don't I don't want to be resentful towards anybody, and if I I'm not getting paid and I'm booking out all my time and I'm giving away this free time to somebody. I might really, really like them and really, really want to help them, but I'm going to start getting resentful, especially if now all of a sudden I'm getting paid to do, to do some things and a paying client wants their time slot. Yeah. And I've like, I'm going to cancel that person. I'm not going to give them the full experience. This is it's mental. It's just my, in our mindset period. If we're not, if we're not able to take care of ourselves because we're giving away everything away for free, we're going to neglect those people the most. And so I don't ever want to neglect anybody I'm working with. And so if I'm working with you long-term, um, it, there's going to be a price to it. Now I'll give like this, I'll give all the, I'll give my knowledge away. Like I'll sit with people and have conversations and initial conversations and I'll coach them and help them. And it's just, if it's rep- repetitive yeah, and you know, it's, it's time, it's time to pay for it. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing now I'm seeing a pattern of the certain people that when they say, Pearl, will you do this? I need to be busy because otherwise Pearl doing that means she's not making money yet. The person you're doing the work for is off busy making money because you've been muggy enough to actually do everything for free for them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then what will really hurt is when you find out they hired somebody that does exactly what you do yeah. <laughs> because they're making money off the free advice that you gave them. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Talk yeah. about a screwdriver in the heart. 
Yes, yes. Oh, I can relate to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm, I'm going to move on because, see, this is where these, these interviews, I've had some that have lasted three hours. I know we haven't got three hours, but these yeah. <laughs> questions are just so, they, 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 they bring up so many other topics. Now, questions. I love them. Now, this one. This is where our listener gets to really know Jason and how you are. So, Jason, where and how do you work best? I uh, I, I love one-on-one. I love one-on-one with people um, because it's easier to get people to let their guard down as opposed to a group. You know, I do group stuff. I love, I love speaking from the stage. I get a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy transfer on of a, speaking to a crowd. Um, I don't so much as love love being doing uh, doing virtual events. As far as uh, as far as I like them, they're good, but I don't get as much energy from that as speaking on the stage. Yeah, but there's something about that impact, but that one on one that I, I just I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree because you actually connect, you can see. And like you say, yes, all right, because of the distance that we are, because we're at the opposite sides of the world near us, damn it. It is doing this online, it really feels as if we're in the same room. But you yeah. need to be comfortable enough with the conversation to know you can do that. That I think if people aren't comfortable in what they're doing, it shows whether it's online or offline. You get that spiritedness and everything, and then the conversation doesn't flow, and it just makes it harder. So it's it, it's knowing. I think when you found your niche and you're with the right people, the conversation is always going to flow anyway. <laughs> yes, and that's a thing to know for if you're in business that if you have a client that's not flowing and it's really really hard and it's awkward every time, then it might not be a good client for you, and you know it might not be a good fit, especially if you're coaching them. Yeah. Yeah, because then if you can't pinpoint that and say, actually, right, I can see we're not gelling as much per, and maybe you almost have friends that you can say, right, my colleague does this. I recommend that you work with them because then that would be potential client will come back to you for other work because maybe it was just that one subject it didn't gel with. Whereas yeah. all the time you push it, they're the ones that are going to say, oh, no, it didn't really work. And then they become the bad publicity simply because you didn't yes. take that movement and say, no, right, this isn't working. Know when to stop and move forward and cut the losses because ultimately it will help you grow in the long run. It really, really does. And it comes from that scarcity mindset. We all go through it that we can't fire a client. In uh, But it... it you get so much more back in the energy by by letting go of somebody that is not a good fit that is taking that energy and 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 uh and it also plays into the imposter syndrome, especially at the beginning. I would take clients that weren't going and doing the things. They wouldn't go and leave the session and go and make the changes. And so every week we were talking about the same thing. And I felt like I was just taking money from somebody. Yeah. And that's a horrible feeling in so I was literally like, I'm not making impact as a coach. This this sucks. I must I must not be as good as what I thought I was. And then I had a client that in our first session, he went and paid, was able to close a deal, take what we talked about, close a deal that paid for the next three months of us coaching together. And so I was like, okay, this is the now I know my people. Now I know who I want to work with, and it's those people that are going to go take action from from the session. I don't, you know, so I know I'm not everybody's fit. 
Yeah. But that that's the way it should be, because if we were all the same, it would be very boring. And like we said at the beginning, we'd all be after the same customers and the same clients. And yes. that's the way it's going to work, because we all resonate with different people for different reasons. Yes, absolutely. So, yes, absolutely love this. I'm now going to move on to this next question because, again, it's getting into what you do. What tools do you use that makes your work life easier? Ooh, I just learned a new one. Well, so I have a, a CRM, I think, is, is hugely important if you're, if you're out there and building a business, um, you know, for us from a business development standpoint and a relationship manager. Uh, so that's CRM is a... Uh, relationship manager what is it client re- client relationship manager i guess is the c uh but um and so just recently i put into play some of the automations to be able to take some of the easy you know some of the mundane stuff like when somebody sets up a, a guest on my podcast it'll automatically send them over an email with the form they need to fill out and all that kind of stuff uh you know so some of the i have one that when i speak at an event somebody can go sign up for my workbook and uh and that will automatically send them the workbook when they book the camp book the event uh so some just cool easy things that uh, have made my life a little bit easier there yeah and this is what i love as well because again you can see the listener can see exactly how you work and it's again it's it's feeding into the personality and knowing i i say this to the listener which i haven't said yet today but you're going to be each listener you're going to be coming back and listening again and again i hope you've got pen and paper because if you haven't already hit pause go and get a pad and pen and make all these notes because you are going to want to reach out to jason afterwards and with all of these episodes we always share the blurb in the description ways that you can reach out and you can connect with jason so make sure that you do that as well so thank you for that now this is this is where we start to look at the um the psyche now jason's psyche all right what would you have done scary in your life if you'd known then what you know now Ooh, i would have no fear i was such i succumbed to fear and victim mentality for uh probably half my life like until i was about 28 i'm 42 now so over half my life i i held myself back to fear and limiting beliefs uh in i guess even more so in my earlier 20s on back you know, just I, I wouldn't have the fear to go talk to people. I wouldn't have fear to go talk to that girl. I wouldn't have fear to be me, you know, and just uh, just be me. I, a lot of what I did was trying to please other people, um, trying to fit in, you know, and I think we all can probably relate to that a bit. And I think as we all get older, we get wiser and start realizing that that some of that like stuff just doesn't matter. Um, but what's really, really cool when we talk about attracting the people we want in our lives if we go and and we we hold ourselves from being our true selves because we're afraid of what people are going to think like who are we what kind of relationships are we going to really build in our lives like why do we want to hang around people that we are afraid to be ourselves like what happens if we are ourselves are they going to dislike us and if they do why would we want to spend our time being around that person you know when we truly release who are who we are our personality our humor our fears our insecurities all those things when we truly let the world know that the people that are that are going to most enrich our lives are going to be attracted to our lives which is kind of the theory of you know the theme of what we've been talking about today why be afraid to to bring that in 
because the people that are going to make fun of you, they're going to remove themselves. They're not going to sit around you. They're not going to hang around you. They're going to remove themselves. And you're going to have your own village of people that support who you are and love who you are. Definitely. And like we said, you you attract your own tribe. And all the time you're with people that are trying to put you down and belittle you and so you can't be yourself. They're not making you happy. And life is too short. You you need to find you're happy and stick with that. I know. I mean, yes, I've as a child, I was always quite shy. And I don't think I come across as being shy now because I've worked so hard yeah. that when when the biggest growth is when you push yourself so hard that that not in the pit of your stomach because you you are scared, you are worried, but you go and you do it anyway. That fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. You that is where you see the biggest breakthroughs. That's when you grow more than any other time because you've pushed yourself to see just how that bit further to see what you can achieve, and it makes such a difference. You talk about being shy, hid behind my mom's leg. I mean, you think about it. Listen to how much I'm talking. People would never, Pearl, ever, ever, ever guess me in my today's state that I was ever shy or self-conscious or any of those things. I would hide behind my mom's like in first grade. I made myself sick to my stomach every single day because I was afraid of the kids in the playground for no reason, except for this reason that I made up in my mind. I made myself sick every single day to where they did a medical procedure on me and removed my tonsils because they felt like there must have been something wrong with me. It was just what was going on in my head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it does. Now I can say, yes, I still sometimes be quiet. Sometimes if I've got nothing to say, yeah. I'll be quiet because I'm a great one for people watching as well. I can Me see too. the coffee shop and I will listen to conversations and I can see the dynamics and thinking, oh, right, yes, that's how you could approach it. Because I, I did creative writing as one of my um, degree yes. subjects. So I will listen to conversations, think, oh, well, put that down because that could be my next novel or whatever. But it does make you realise you don't have to speak. Sometimes people are loud because they want to feel the silence, but you learn more from those those times of silence. You absolutely do. Oh, you, you learn so much more because you take a breath and you start to actually soak up what's been said instead of constantly speaking. It's, it's a key that I teach in my sales in my sales coaching is God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And you can learn so much more from listening than you can from talking. And I learned my stepdad, I'm telling you what, like this guy, you wouldn't think that he, like some people might even think he's dumb because he doesn't say anything. Like he doesn't say very much. He's a man of very few words. And he's, he, but he, if you ask him after an event, what happened, he can tell you every single thing that every single person was talking about. He sits and observes and listens to everybody. He yeah. knows what's going on and people don't think what's listening. He knows all the dirt and the, you know, <laughs> if you want to know what's really going on in people's lives, ask George because he can download you. <laughs> uh, but you see, this is what's so wonderful. And it's, this is where, this is why I love doing the podcasting because yeah. Yeah, it just falls in. It's just naturally, it's just having a conversation and you start yep. to learn about someone. And each time when people listen and the amount of the listeners that will say, oh, I love that episode and I go back and they will listen, start to finish. Then they get the notepad out and the second time I've got to make notes. And then when they get into bad habits, they come back to that episode because they can remember and they want to listen again. So they're really imprinting everything that they've heard. And yes. this is what's... This is something really positive that came from the lockdown, like you said, where you can actually have a conversation 
and it's something that you're doing to help others at the same time as well. Absolutely. And so it feels good to help others, right? And there's like doing this, the events for free and helping struggling small business owners that all felt really, really good. Yes. Um, but it's like, I, I'm an honest believer that it's impossible to go do good things for people and not get your reward back. And it's yeah. not like I'm knocking on your door, Pearl. Remember that nice thing I did for you and it's time for you to pay up. It just happens. It's the karma I'm like, you go do good things for people. You go, you know, you go make other people's days. It's going to come back to you. Yeah. It is. And there is that real positive as well. There really is. Now, I'm going to move on. I might start jumping around because I've just seen the time. <laughs> There's so much. See, you can see why sometimes these go on for quite a while. I hear you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, Jason, what is your biggest challenge and why? Ooh, my biggest challenge right now is there's only one of me. And so I'm I'm doing the coaching, the consulting, the speaking, the marketing, the the, the business development. And so I'm I'm looking at um, we talked about how you'd lost your VA. I'm looking at uh, at finding a VA and uh, or um, and getting that uh, you know finding the right person as I as I implement that. Just trying to free up some of my time on that mundane work, which helped with the CRM and having some of the automations go out and stuff like that. Just to just to free up that time. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I mean, likewise, I'm one man band. Yes, I will outsource things, but I do so much of it myself. And I used to think, oh, but it's all these key skills. But sometimes you spread yourself too thinly by yeah. doing everything. And the stuff you really do well, sometimes that suffers because you're so busy being stretched to do everything else. Yes. Yeah. Really concentrating on the thing you do best. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's, you have to start asking yourself: Am I the per best person to to do this thing? You know, like sending out each individual email with the, you know how to for people to send out and fill up my podcast form and stuff like that. That's even though it doesn't sound like that much time when you when you add it all up and all your podcast guests, that's a lot of time out of your day. It is, and it does. It makes. I mean, I, I've I've recently I've added a Google form so I can capture all the information but I only did that because I was a guest on someone else's and I suddenly thought wow because otherwise I would go in yeah. and I'd I publish my podcast and I would say um description to follow because people didn't have it available or I'd wait and I couldn't publish things because I didn't have links yep. but, and then I'm thinking but no this isn't helping anyone and it's little things that you you produce it once and it saves so much time yep it's there to capture everything. So this this is wonderful. I resonate five thousand percent with you. As I just implemented the forums myself a couple of weeks ago, so it's <laughs> and it's uh, why didn't I do this before? And it took being on somebody else's podcast and and they sent me the form. It's like why am I not doing this? This is so easy. <laughs> exactly, and it does it does make it so much easier. And I've now started doing this when I work with my corporate clients. When I Yes, I'd have a string of questions that I'd I'd ask each people, person as an interview. Now I just send it out to the whole team and say, these are the questions and it comes back and then I can start to collate and you start to see where the problems are when you get the same response on certain questions. You think, right, that's where you need to do the work. That's where I need to show that I can add value to actually change that because that's the pinch point. And if you're speaking to everyone, again, it's working smart because like you say, when there's only one of us, 
yes, it's like doing the one-to-one coaching. Wonderful. But if you can do that high-level coaching and maybe do it as a mastermind with maybe three or five people, you're working smart at the same time. You're still delivering fantastic value. And then your income goes up because, again, apart from until someone finds that rewind button so you can make 48 hours in 24 you're always going to have to find a way that you can work smarter. <laughs> I've been waiting for that button my whole life. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jump about now. This is probably one of my favorites because I've just seen the time. So, Jason, can you name three titles of your favorite books and why you've chosen them? I love books. I will read all day, every day, whether it's fact, fiction, whatever. So this is almost my guilty pleasure because I normally take notes and go back. And if I haven't got it in my library, I'll go and buy it. (laughs) Absolutely. So the the number one most impactful book I've ever read is Leadership and Self-Deception by the Arbinger Institute. A phenomenal, phenomenal book. It's something that I've, it's made me a better husband, a better, better father, a better leader, a better coach. Um, a better person overall, uh, and it's something that's a book that I've read back and I've read at no no small no littler than thirty times. Um, every single time I have somebody else read it, like a client, or I've had it was required reading for anybody that wanted to be on my leadership team when I was when I had my job and I was a director of sales. Uh, it, it's it literally helps you come out of the box and see people differently, respond to them differently, communicate to them differently, and uh, just. It's in my sales process majorly of seeing being outward mindset in in thinking of other people versus being so trapped in your inward, you know, inward mindset of what's going on with me. Um, How to win in friends and influence people. Uh, That was the first self development book I ever read and was so impactful in my early sales career and just in life in general. Something that stood out. uh, One of the one of the chapters was uh, remembering names. It's like honey to bees. And, uh, and that was just so impactful to me. It was something that I adapted early in my career is, is, is being present to remember people's names. And I'm telling you what, if you remember somebody's name, most people don't remember people's names, not because they can't, but because, well, the number one reason, I don't know if you know this, is when, you're, when somebody's introducing themselves, most of us are thinking about what we're going to say next and we're not listening to what their name is. And so that's the number one reason in my experience why we don't remember people's names. And so most people will tell you, I'm not good at remembering names. It's just because they've got the head conversation going on when, when somebody's introducing themselves. And, and it happens to me still to this day. However, when you remember somebody's name, it's like that you instantly have a relationship. You instantly have a connection. You can see it in somebody's face. They automatically are like, because most of the time they won't remember your name. And so it's automatically with an apology of like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I don't remember your name. Is it Josh? And I'm like, close, really close. It's Jason. But like, I've, I've got sales from it. I've got relationships from it. I've been asked out by both men and women. Uh, you know, like it's, it's one of those things. If you remember somebody's name, it changes a whole. I've had angry customers come in thinking that I was just that salesperson that ripped them off. In, uh, and I know I'm going on and on with one book. Uh, but they, uh, somebody I could see steaming, getting out of their car. And when they come in, I'm like, Pearl, how's it going? And they instantly calm down. Instantly. It's, it's a trick that will change your life just from that. Remember people's names. Uh, and then a book to go along with leadership and self-deception is a book called the, uh, the, um, empowerment triangle. 
and I can't remember the guy's name that wrote it. I will, I will, I'll message you on it. And it's, uh, it's just another really good, um, really good book on dealing with what you can control and, uh, in the elements of people becoming a victim versus becoming empowered. Yeah. And so many of these books, I think they're ones that you come back to. I'm doing a lot of work, um, with Bob Proctor and the work that he's doing. At oh, the Bob Proctor is amazing. And, where he says about repeating things and reading the same book over and over again, and you get something new out of it. And it's especially when I did my degree in English, so I did the literature side, and all I had to do was read books, and you get to the stage, you don't fully um, comprehend what it is that you're reading because you you literally go by the thickness of the book and think, and I got, because I had to answer the essay on it, look at the index, see where the keywords are and find that bit. And it, yes. when people would say to me, what do you like to read? I couldn't tell them after the degree because all I'd done was read and consume this information. I didn't know what I liked to read and what I read because it was research. And mm. what I love and all these books, all the great books, you revisit and revisit. So you, and you start and you find a paragraph and you think, yes, that's the one. And you get that you can quote from it. Yep. And it, it makes such a difference. All those books I've went back to over and over again, and I forgot. This is probably my number three, as opposed to the other one, is uh, The Prosperous Coach by Rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. That one is a phenomenal book. Uh, it helped me really sink in the, the things that I was doing that was that, that was successful and was like it gave me that confidence in what I was doing. And then the things that core-wise that I wasn't doing, especially with charging in in uh, putting together my pricing structure and uh, and having that you know overcoming my uh, my own limiting beliefs around that. Just a phenomenal book. Now I've just seen the time. Are you okay for me to ask you a few more questions, or do you have to dash off to another? Yeah, no, I have. I have a, uh, about ten minutes. Right. I'm going to ask you one more question because this is my my favorite favorite question. I love this. It's the longest one to ask, but I love it. If you could share a great meal with anyone, alive or dead, what would the meal be, and who would it be with? Wow, that's a good question. You know what? Okay. Um, there's so many people. Most of them are probably dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there's this one person that's revered, I think, by everybody. I don't think anybody has a bad thing to say about this person. I think it's really, really hard hard to do. Maybe there's somebody I don't know. But Nelson Mandela, um, I, I've, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, I think somebody that can be imprisoned and come out and, and share a meal literally with the people that that had that imprisoned him and be so filled with gratitude and graciousness through that is is, is somebody that I <laughs> is a better person than me and I'd want to sit down and, uh, and and talk to. But the really cool thing about him is I know that he would ask questions and and listen before he even spoke, which is which is pretty phenomenal in itself. Um, now my meals, I am a I'm a taco guy, uh, taco steak. <laughs> they're, they're like that. maybe steak tacos <laughs> you see i love this and this is why i put this question in is because one you get to see who that key influential person is and two when it comes to a meal it's not like if you're at a conference and you're you're listening to the speaker the whole idea of sharing a meal breaking bread with someone it's a completely different but in fact I need to do this. Just that one question needs to be a whole podcast series in its own. Wow. 
I, I asked one person and the answer they gave me, they said, God. And the thoughts, the question, what would you ask? Who would, who do oh they, well, what does yeah. that mean to them? And then if you see God as this omnipotent being that has produced everything, would you have manna from heaven? Would would you have tacos? Would you have tapas? Would you have, what would you have? And it's just the, just the one thought from who you choose and breaking bread and having that meal. It's a completely different thing, which is why, actually, I reckon this that I'm I'm going to have to write a book. Just have a whole thing all about who oh would you what would the meal be? I yeah, <laughs> that's phenomenal. That's a phenomenal idea. God, that's mind blowing. God, like what questions would you ask? You know, that's that's so mind blowing. It is, and it's, this is why I put these questions in. Now I'm going to draw the interview to a close, but Jason, please tell the listener where they can find you. It will be in the descriptions as well, where they can found, find you. And do you have any special offers at the minute that anyone listening to the podcast can quote it and say, right, we've come to you from listening to this episode? Absolutely, absolutely. So you can find me at my, my website is www.roar.consulting. No.com. It's just dot .consulting. Uh, and actually, so there is a free gift for the listeners. Uh, when you go to my website, when you when you click on, it'll say there'll be a little button that says take action. And you uh, can go on and get a free download of the Be The Difference workbook. I talked about it earlier in the automations. When you sign up, uh, it will automatically send you over a copy of the workbook and you'll get a 30-minute call with me to go through and answer any of your questions that you have through the workbook workbook to be able to put together your customized sales sales process for your business. Wow. Wow, that is absolutely phenomenal. And I say to the listeners, you can see why Jason's one of my VIP guests. The knowledge that we have shared in just over the hour. Fantastic. I know people will revisit this episode again and again. And it just leaves me to say a massive, massive thank you for being my guest. And I can't wait until you're back and we're sharing pearls of wisdom on another episode. So thank I, you. I am so appreciative for you having me on. And I can't believe that we got all of that in an hour and four minutes. That was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.